0: This is Watch the Media. I'm John Schrader. We come your way from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in the College of Journalism and Mass Communications and the studios of 90.3 FM KRNU. And with us today is an alum of all of those things, uh, Jeff Ekstrom, who is the Director of Communications and Media Relations for the brand-new volleyball team in Omaha called the Supernovas. Jeff, welcome, thanks.
1: Thanks, John. It's uh, been a little bit since we talked, so I'm glad um, I could join you here on the show.
0: So Jeff, just so you all know, uh, came to us, gosh, I want to say maybe five years ago as a high school kid from Kearney, Nebraska, and came to the College of Journalism, and uh, look where he is now. Is that about the right time frame?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, even in high school, because I think I was a junior, you came out to Kearney one time and met with our media group with uh, Mr. Robert Goff. So it's been even before that. So I would say more around seven years. So, <laughs> a
0: long time. So, so seven years ago, you could imagine that you were going to be uh, in the media relations business? Yeah, no. Uh, no, you would not. Yeah. Tell me that.
1: Seven years ago, like you're crazy. No, yeah. no way.
0: What you've done with us in in college was not exactly what you're doing now. So how did this happen?
1: Yeah, so through college, most of the time, uh, my whole time through UNL was mainly focused on play by play broadcasting and just classic broadcasting, you know. Um, but as my time went on and I was getting exposed to a bunch of these different experiences, writing at the Journal Star, doing stuff within the journalism school, um, I just realized there's a lot more opportunities than just sports broadcasting. Um, and so at that point, I was really open to anything that sports media had to offer. And I was very, very fortunate to get a job with Inside Nebraska, of rivals uh, right out of college under Zach Carpenter, Steve Mark, and Greg Smith. Um, Jansen Coburn as well. I don't want to forget him. But worked with them for a year and a half covering Nebraska volleyball and baseball. And that came with it a bunch of experiences that, you know, we get your young years working as classic journalists, write and covering sports. So a bunch of fun experiences there, late nights, everything in between. Um, And then I had the opportunity. I was uh, reached out um, by uh, Herdat, who was in collaboration with the Omaha Supernovas. They're like, hey, Supernovas are looking for Director of Media Relations. Um, Are you interested in a role like this? Um, and funny enough, i had been covering the volleyball team for the past year and a half, and especially in those three months, uh, three first months of the 2023 season, I really fell in love with the Nebraska volleyball team and just the sport of volleyball more. And so it just kind of felt like at that point, all my experiences were building up to an opportunity like this to be on the ground floor of something like the Supernovas and the Pro Volleyball Federation. And so... I was like, heck yes, let's do this. This is a cool adventure. It's a new venture. Um, and I think it's something that is going to blow the whole world away with what uh, we have cooking up and starting in late January. But hired at the beginning of November, and, you know, we've been hard at work uh, ever since.
0: So I'm curious, what is the relationship that HERDAT has with the Supernovas?
1: So HERDAT is um, partnering as a production team, slash partners in general, the helping with in-venue graphics, um, the videos that are played in venue and social media coverage, just everything in between our giant partners. It's an awesome relationship and partnership that we have with them and something I think is pretty unique um, specifically among the seven first teams in the Pro Volleyball Federation. And so we think we pretty much have a leg up on the rest of the teams of the partnership like this, but they've been wonderful partners. um, And that's what they've been uh, helping us with so far.
0: I'm going to give the folks the uh, idea of who these teams are. It's Atlanta who you play on the 24th of January in the CHI health center. Also San Diego mojo, the grand Rapids rise, the Vegas thrill, the Columbus fury, the Orlando Valkyries, and that's it and the omaha supernovas that's it and then dallas indianapolis and kansas city come in next year now jeff i want to talk about what you do and the, the and being part of ground floor of a professional uh, organization but the news has kind of gotten in the way here you alluded to nebraska as we record this conversation on saturday morning the 16th of december Um, It's a day before a little over 24 hours before Nebraska plays Texas for the NCAA volleyball championship up until November as you said you were very close to this team you watched them you reported on them give me an idea of what you think about this team that's lost just once all year long and Texas is very good but Nebraska has got to be the favorite give me a scouting report. Texas, they have
1: their two-headed monster. They got Maddie Skinner, their outside hitter. She's averaging over five kills a set in the NCAA tournament. Arguably could have been named the ABCA Player of the Year. That went to Sarah Franklin of Wisconsin. Uh, But then you have Asia O'Neill, who, in fact, was actually the number one overall pick in the Pro Volleyball Federation draft last week um, by the Columbus Fury. So she's uh, hopefully signing. But... uh, middle blocker she was arguably the best player heading into this season um the media was hyping her up as and she's certainly delivered she hit 688 in that and final four against wisconsin so she's dominant but nebraska is just overwhelming at nearly every position and it's it's, it's insane to think that this is coming from four freshman starters um harper murray uh, you got Laney Troy, Andy Jackson, and of course, Bergen Riley, who I think may be the most standout for being able to take this offense. One of the best in the country as a freshman, but John, I, I really want to expand on pers- uh, perspective in terms of comparing this team to last year, which I think is really giving me a lot of good insight. Last year, when I covered the first team, you saw a team who could have, who could have been great. They had the pieces, they had the talent and everything, but they just, they couldn't win the points when they needed the most in those crunch time moments, those final few points, winning those deuce games. And you get to this year and this team is winning every single one of those moments. And so I got to see a direct comparison of a great team who just couldn't quite close it to a team who can do that. And I think that was something really cool to experience and see, but also get perspective of how special this team is.
0: Yeah, no, it is interesting because, it, and this, we noticed this very early on during this season that while this team is always a lot of talent, this team is always in the hunt. This program is always in the top three or four or five teams in the country, the talent, the tradition, all of those things that that our listeners probably already know. But there is something since the last championship they had of 2017 that they just didn't quite have that, finishing touch and you've articulated it very well but it is amazing isn't it that that you have to have something and i don't know what it is what is that something that you have to have to to get over the hump to win those points what is it
1: part of it is the desire to be in those moments and i think john cook has alluded to that throughout the entire season is that these kids love those moments. They want those moments. And so they step up during those. And so I think uh, a saying that I've heard in the past few days is expectation is a privilege. And I think this team kind of realizes that and they take that to heart. Um, And so I just think it's the competitive edge they have. And I also think is them being a freshman class who hasn't experienced moments like that in the past. I think that was a factor last year um, in and seen the ghost of bad losses in the past. These freshmen don't have that, including Mayor Beeson, I'll throw in there, the transfer from Florida. Um, so I think that's an important factor. And yeah, they just want those moments and they step up in them.
0: They are immensely talented. Yeah. Uh, Bergen Riley looks like a setter who's been in college for three or four years. She just rarely, as we're watching the match the other night, they she rarely makes a bad set. And yeah, and I
1: can step there and make a great point too about the fact that they this is coming off a year where they had the worst assists per set mark in the John Cook era in the 20, 23 seasons prior, worst assists per set average. And the fact is that, that they banked everything on her. They had that much confidence. They did they had an opportunity to go after Matt Podraza, a former Big Ten setter of the year. She's known around the country as a top three setter. They could have grabbed her out of the transfer portal and they said, no, we're good. We're gonna hang on, and we're gonna ride with Bergen Riley, and it has paid off handsomely.
0: It's a joy to watch, uh, as you know. I I grew up in Nebraska, but and but came back here not long before you came to the university, <laughs> uh, about the same time, and uh, and uh, uh, it amazes me how good and how important volleyball is in this state and how many really good players there are at every level. I mean, these little high schools have good volleyball players. Can you kind of give us a perspective of that? Because it really doesn't happen in a lot of other places that this is such a it's, it was really a top down. I mean, Terry Pettit is credited for making this a volleyball state. And then he worked his all the way down and and built the roots of it, but explain to us how this is and and why it's so important. I'll touch upon Terry Pettit too. Just,
1: I think he is probably earned the title of being the godfather of college volleyball and obviously starting this in the state. And I've thought about this over the months, especially since the um, stadium match in August and how, this isn't just some relationship, normal like sports fandom relationship between this. Nebraska is like it's a it's a love story between volleyball and Nebraska. People love this sport. And I, and it it's a lot of factors. It's the fact that it was so influenced early and there's so many great teams here early on, early in the sport. But yeah, it's just it's a love story between volleyball and the state of Nebraska. And it just it's amazing what the state has produced, and the support they're behind, and just the way they continue to support the sport.
0: You were in the stadium when ninety-two thousand and three people showed up for a, a couple of volleyball matches for teams in the state of Nebraska. Uh, what was that like? What did you, you know, what did you take from that? It was a surreal. Um,
1: you know, it's just something that was. Happen over the hard work of so many people including Trevor Alberts and John Cook but just the way it kind of shined the fact of how supportive Nebraska can be and how well it does feel like we're here in a bubble in Nebraska I don't think we sometimes realize how unique it is to be here and so I think that kind of put in perspective this is a once in a lifetime type event in that no other state would support something like this a sport like volleyball and so kind of Pushed back my perspective it was like, yeah, Nebraska is very unique in its own right, more so than I think of.
0: And it got um, a lot of play uh, around the country yeah. and frankly, around the world. Uh, it got a lot of play. It is a one off, Jeff. I agree with that. And, and it's not going to happen again. I, I think they'd be crazy to try to do it here again. It's that one special moment. But it does help the the world understand just how white hot volleyball is in America right now. They came off the world, the gold medal in the Olympics, Jordan Larson and two other Nebraska alums were, were on that team. But I think it's a time now that, that maybe the sport has never been hotter. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the TV ratings are certainly backing that over 1 million people watch both final four matches that stadium match most watched big 10 network game. That was soon in just best most watched cable, I believe called volleyball match that was soon surpassed when Minnesota and Wisconsin played on Fox following an NFL game. So it just continues to kind of snowball this momentum that volleyball is in right now. Fox, they just recently announced an invitational between four of the best teams in the country next year, including Stanford. That's going to be on Fox. And I think that's, I think Fox is trying to tell us something is that they want those uh, volleyball tournament Mm -hmm. rights. And I think, That needs to happen. Volleyball is white hot, as you said, John. And so I think people are starting to realize how great this sport is. And I hope more things start to follow.
0: It's interesting, Jeff, you you brought that up because when I saw that Nebraska is not included in that four, I believe it was Texas, Stanford, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Is that sound about right? That sounds about right. Yeah, but but Nebraska was not included, and I suspected something to do with sponsorships or or yeah. who knows, who relationships, who who knows what it is. But that was my first thought. Fox wants to be in the business of college sports. The NC two A years ago sold all the right. Uh, sold all the rights to their sports events, except for college football, the top levels of college Mm -hmm. football. ESPN owns the rights to all the rest of them and paid diddly for it. I mean, they paid very little. The women's basketball tournament, the women's volleyball tournament, the FCS championships, all of those sports are so much more valuable than ESPN is paying for it. And there's going to be a rights battle for that next round. And I think volleyball and women's basketball are going to be up there uh, at the top of the list, right? Do you think? Yeah, I do because I think ESPN
1: has shortchanged the sport for too yeah. long, yeah. and that even continued this year. I mean, the first and second round matches were ESPN Plus. The Sweet Sixteen was allocated two hours time periods for yeah. each match, yeah, which was insane, pathetic. And when and when they overlapped each other as it was expected, they kicked one of them to ESPN News, which is not even a basic cable. And that in fact impacted me because i have cable basic cable over
0: here it got kicked over espn news i don't have it and i could watch it only because i have espn plus so yep. i could flip it over to espn plus but how many millions tens of millions of people couldn't get that it was crazy first of all putting that on espn news first of all and second of all those two-hour blocks but but the networks are all doing that the big 10 network puts them in two-hour yep. blocks it's it's crazy but you're right the resourcing the the value they put on this uh, you could you could call it a gender problem and it is Um, same thing with softball same thing with women's basketball same thing with volleyball it certainly is you don't have to agree with me but I know it is it's a gender thing and uh, ESPN needs to show a lot more respect Um, but I don't know what the recrimination is I don't know what the retribution is there's still the 800 pound gorilla in sports media in America so there you go. All right, Jeff Ekstrom is the director of the communications and media relations for the Omaha Supernovas, which is uh, one of the uh, um, pioneering original seven teams in the Pro Volleyball Federation. And I want to talk a little bit about what you do, but let's talk about the Supernovas and the Volleyball Federation. What's interesting is if you Google it and you look up Pro Volleyball Federation, you will see it says real volleyball, real professional volleyball, a real pro volleyball. Uh, What does that mean?
1: (laughs) Well, mainly the Pro Volleyball Federation real in terms of this is a real respective, this is the league you should take seriously because you should. This is a league that is, the format is based off of all the major leagues in the United States, MLB, NHL, same model, um, which they believe was the reason why past pro volleyball startups have failed is because they weren't based on that format and that is what this is now. Um, Local ownership, very supportive, invested local owners in every market and every team. Um, And that's the model that has worked. And that's what um, we're thinking and we're confident will work. Um, And so that's what means by real, it's a respective league that needs to be taken seriously. And to be the premier home of professional volleyball, um, starting here in
0: about a little over a month. How did Omaha get involved? I mean, we know, we know Omaha is a major league city. We know that. Yeah. Um, but how did, how did Omaha get to be in this group? Well, John, as, uh, as you know, Omaha is the
1: epicenter of college volleyball, arguably volleyball in the entire world with obviously just here in the state. Um, and Omaha has hosted final fours, um, and just, and they've attracted record numbers. And so, Omaha specifically was a no-brainer in terms of putting a team here. Um, And we've gotten great support. Uh, Chris Erickson and Danny White of City Ventures um, are the owners of the Supernovas, and they are just totally invested, 100% behind this entire league. And they've been great owners so far for the Supernovas. And so um, it's kind of a no-brainer for them to go ahead and uh, create a team here because, as you know, it's the epicenter of volleyball.
0: So they they started from scratch. How do you start a a, a franchise from scratch?
1: Well, I, I was I was hired late in the process, so I don't know how much insight I can give on the very start. But um, our president Diane Mendenhall has been uh, a leading um, figure um, in that, along um, with owners Danny and Chris. Um, and so she's been in Diane. She was the color broadcaster for under with John Baylor for sixteen years. Um, And in 2000, she was hired as the first ever director of ops under John Cook uh, for Nebraska volleyball. And actually she was the third um, ever that position. She was the third person to have that position in the NCAA. Um, And so she has been a leading force in this um, and she's been great for the Superdome
0: so far as well. So you guys are going to play at the CHI Health Center. That is a big place. That is a yep. that is an ambitious venture. What was the decision to to play there?
1: Well, you know, it's major league. This is major uh, major league sports, so we're going to the biggest venue, um, and CHI is the premier venue, um, not only in Omaha but across the um, whole state in terms of arenas. So um, I think it was kind of easy decision to go there and CHI because we're going to sell it the first match and you fill up as much as possible after that. So who is your audience? Who are you selling this product to? Everybody in the, uh, in terms of families, um, and just everyone in the state that loves volleyball. Um, I mean, it's open to everybody. This volleyball is, doesn't discriminate. Um, everybody loves it. And this is a growing sport that has caught the attention of, people nationwide and so i think that interests everyone in nebraska because as you know john nebraskans they su- support volleyball the most
0: one would think that you would like to fill your roster up with nebraska players you certainly couldn't draft any nebraska players this year because there weren't no. any available for it but you do have uh, at least one player who's a Cornhusker, right gina mancuso Yes. Gina Mankuzo-Borsoski. She played from 2009
1: through 2012 and was an All-American under uh, John Cook. So, yeah, she's one of our franchise players, um, which typically means she does more in team promotion and is just a leader um, on the team. And so her and then uh, Natalia Valentin Anderson, who was an Olympian setter for Puerto Rico, those two are our franchise players. So how many players? What's the roster size? So at the moment, we are in that 2021 range, but um, you can bring in as many as 30 people on the roster to training camp, which starts um, in early January, Um, but you have to cut down to a 14-person roster um, by January 22nd, which is two days before the first game, Um, but There's also two additional spots saved for players who were drafted in the college draft, which we had this last week. So total of 16, um, technically.
0: So, and then you play through
1: the end of may, is that right? Yep. It's a long sprint. We have, uh, we go from late January through yes, that championship weekend with the top four teams is in that mid may area.
0: And how many games are you playing during that sprint
1: yeah, so 24 matches over 16 weeks, um, wow. 12 home and 12 away. Um, so which means, yeah, we play we'll play everyone twice um, at least.
0: Are a number of these players coming back here from playing overseas or will they go then play overseas after they play in this league? Give us an idea of, of that dynamic because most college players in America have – made a living going other places so is that still the still the case so
1: that is one of the many appeals with the pro volleyball federation is that we give the players a living wage that they can have um that is competitive with any overseas league Uh, again that's not going to be exactly equal but it does um, level the playing field especially here in the united states Um, so we pay them a living wage to be here and some players may decide to go compete. Um in a different league during the off season. I'm not entirely sure, um, but they are committed to this league um, through the spring um, And the pro volleyball federation should be respected as one of those leagues that are supportive um, and give uh, the right to be named a major league.
0: So where are the great leagues in the world and the leagues that you're competing with for those players? Yeah. So there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot Turkey, it, Turkey and Italy, I
1: think are considered um, now I'm not an expert by any means of overseas volleyball, but I've heard Italy and Turkey are some of the top leagues, but you also have Germany, um, Hungary, um, France. And then if you want to talk about South America, there's Peru, um, there's Brazil. Brazil is a big one as well. Um, Belgium, I think is another one I've heard of. Yeah. France, Hungary, um bulgaria i think even we have a bulgarian player here stina uh vuchova uh she is a middle blocker and she's from bulgaria um, and she is also on our team as well
0: you have to uh, do some pronunciation work just like in your broadcast days to to keep track of your players right (laughs) yeah exactly um (laughs) yeah because there is
1: yeah many different players with uh Luckily, uh, <clears throat> most of our roster doesn't have too bad uh, pronunciations, but there's some challenges with some others. But you know, that's what my job is. That's hopefully, my. Hopefully,
0: hopefully, in the back of your mind is hearkening something John Schrader said to you years ago. <laughs> there's a lot of things you uh, you uh, aren't going to know about broadcasting, but you have to pronounce people's names correctly. You have to pronounce them correctly. So good on you. Way to go. Exactly. Way to go. <laughs> so this has been quite a learning curve, uh, has it not for you? Now you covered volleyball and you covered nebraska volleyball but there's an awful lot to learn about the game and the business right and you've had to do this in a price course yeah i mean i
1: now have been with them about a month and a half i started november 1st um so yeah it's been a lot because i'm building relationships with media outlets all across the state um i'm preparing right now we're in the phase of transitioning over to uh, a new website um, that I will be in charge of, uh, writing press releases that isn't exactly writing uh, game stories um, and game previews and all of that. Um, But, you know, it's in the same realm. You know we're adapting. That's what, that's what we journalists do. Um, But, you know, yeah, it's been a big learning curve and also just helping form partnerships with media outlets, radio stations, and just creating relationships to best promote the supernovas, it's been a steep change um, in direction, but something I've been enjoying so far and certainly learning a lot on the go. Are you the only guy in the office, so to speak? No, I have a great team uh, with me um, that have, but I am working with January Wang Wang as well. Um, She is helping me a lot. Uh, She is the VP of public affairs and marketing for city ventures. So uh, she's been very much helping me along the way um, as well as Michael Steffens um, for the supernovas as well. He's the VP of revenue and fan
0: engagement. So uh, yeah, great team I have with me, but it's, it's been a lot. You mentioned uh, Danny white and Chris Erickson of city ventures. And I'm going to ask you about the sort of celebrity uh, owner, uh, co-owner, yes. founding owner of this team in just a minute. That's a tease, ladies and gentlemen. That's just a minute. But what is City Ventures? What what uh, what business do they do? So City Ventures um, is our owners,
1: um, owning a parent company. And they are involved in a lot, a lot of branches um, of which they have separate companies on. Um, their big one, Rocket Car Wash. Um, which is seen all around the uh, Lincoln and Omaha area. Um, they have a restaurant group. They own some dealerships in California. Um, Tactical 88 is a gun range slash entertainment uh, venue that is in Omaha as well. Um, and they just built this new place called the City Center in La Vista, which has this new Astro Theater, um, which is a really cool event a venue, um, as well as the Vivier Apartments, um, so just like a really cool city center that's been built in La Vista as well. So they're just all over the place.
0: So I don't know that uh, Danny and Chris would mind me uh, mentioning um, Jason Derulo, who is, um, you know, reasonably, if not wonderfully popular um, uh, performer, artist, singer. How did he get involved in this adventure?
1: Yeah, so uh, Danny and uh, Jason are really great friends, as it was Chris um and i don't exactly know how exactly it came together but he is jason is a big supporter of volleyball and he believes in the volleyball movement um he has like over 150 million followers on tiktok and it's just a global sensation and so he has been very supportive um and it's just awesome to have somebody of his caliber behind a project like this um so i don't it is awesome it awesome. is awesome it's kind of surreal
0: so how much do you have to learn about how to uh, to manage media for a, a, a big star who comes into town for your opening match, I am certain. Yes? Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> what handbook do you go for, for that?
1: <laughs> I'll lean on Jen Ray, uh, but really, that's going to be a learning curve. <laughs> well, I've never had to deal with anything like that, so we're going to see.
0: You know, Jeff, if you're going to learn a new business, if you're going to get into a new enterprise, you might as well just learn every part of it from the beginning, right? Exactly. Hopefully everybody has a little patience. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I I suspect, of of course not, but you may stub your toe once or twice. And, uh, And so you just have to make sure everybody sort of understands that we're learning this together, right? Exactly. Jeff Ekstrom is the Director of Communications and Media Relations for the Omaha Supernova is one of the seven founding members of Pro Volleyball Federation. He's with us on Watch the Media. I'm John Schrader. So, I talked about the handbook, the the way to learn this job. Um where did you start? How did you what was the first thing you you did and 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 had to figure out when you said yes?
1: Yeah, so it was mostly just how to run media relations. And my first thought of that is just the way um, that was handled by the University of Nebraska Athletic, uh, Athletics Communication Department. Um, Nate Pullen, who is the volleyball SID um, for Nebraska, I leaned on him a lot and just the way he's had to adapt on the job over these past, you know, six months, because the job he had last year for the team and the job he has now for this year is entirely different with how much of a just the way Nebraska shot and stardom. So I've talked with him and just gotten a sense of how do you deal with this? And um, it's just about learning from professionals who have done this for a while. Um, And it's just about being a good communicator and balancing out priorities um, to make sure that you're not gonna please everybody, but you just gotta do everything so it's fair and as balanced as possible.
0: So then you just start making calls, you start calling around, you start uh, knocking yeah. on doors, just hey, this is what we're doing, this is who we are. Is that what it is? Uh, emails,
1: emails, and uh, more emails, uh, I'll say, John, <laughs> as well as phone calls. Uh, but yeah, it's just constant communication with people around the state um, and just building these relationships because uh, people are interested in volleyball um, and we want to get the word out and just build the supernovas up into Nebraska's team. And um, that's been very fun to do uh, so far.
0: You talk about, you you mentioned it a couple of times, people around the state. Uh, Are we talking like Scott's Bluff and uh, and Kearney and Lincoln and Omaha, and maybe even Sioux City, which happens to be in another state? Um, You know, Sioux Falls, which happens to be in another state. Are these parts of your target as well? Yeah. um, In fact, we have... Season tick
1: holders from nine different states. Um, and we have about 90 season tick holders in Scott's Bluff. So we have, yeah, people oh, okay. from over okay. The okay. 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 around the country.
0: Okay. Now, I suspect that a lot of people who are listening to this are familiar with Nebraska. But for those who are not, tell me how far away Scott's Bluff is from Omaha. Now, I don't know mileage,
1: but I know time. And I think it's about a six, seven hour drive.
0: That's if you if you push the 80 miles an hour once yep. you get to the Interstate 80. And Scotts Bluff's not on Interstate 80, so you gotta get there and then uh, motor it. This is not a one day venture. You don't drive to the supernovas game from Scotts Bluff and then go home afterwards. I don't think. Nope. nope. In fact, you better not. But how do you get ninety ticket holders from seven hours away? People have all John. <laughs> I, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. It's
1: I mean, awesome. Uh, a lot of great stuff. But yeah, the support has been amazing so far from not only Omaha, but all around the state. And yeah, people love volleyball. And like, that's no different. If Nebraska volleyball, they have a lot of season day goalers from Scotts Bluff. So it's fun to see.
0: Nebraska is a, like like all states, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's original, right? It's, it's original. Yeah. Um, and, and football has been, and frankly what the rest of the world of uh, rest of the sports people in America still think we're a football state, right? They think we are, we were once a um, bunch of national championships haven't done it in 25 years. So how does then, do you think the world look at Nebraska as a volleyball place and, and not a football place? I don't know. Just the constant support.
1: Um, it helps that Nebraska football has not been good. Um, but I think just the constant people don't, if you're great, people are going to notice eventually, and that's what's happened over the plus 20 plus years. And so I think it's just the continuance of being and just turning in that success is what's going to drive this train. And I think people have finally caught on after 20 plus years.
0: We have alluded to it a couple of times, but let's break this down now, Jeff. Um uh what a director of communications and media relations does. What's a typical day for you?
1: So we'll go in the office, at least for now. Now my job is gonna change dramatically once the season starts because I'll be traveling with the team. Um, so that is it's it's gonna be a lot. But at this point, it's going to the office, you know, your normal um eight to five, but you're answering emails, you're in meetings um all day, just building and building and building. I'm in charge of our yearbook. Um, I have to write game notes for the upcoming um, season. I am helping locate radio partnerships, uh, writing press releases, um, building relationships to get uh, our players and coaches onto interviews. So it's a lot right now, Um, but it's just about building a network and establishing a foundation. um, And so that when we get going in about a month and a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to have a foundation to lean on um, as we kick off this thing.
0: You, you don't even have a team yet. What is a yearbook? Yeah, so yearbook basically just kind of like a
1: bigger – so kind of like a media guide, but stories about the team, introducing the team, basically giving an um, inside look um, at the team through a yearbook lens um, so people can get more connected with the team um, if you haven't beta gen through media or anything, but something for people to
0: look at and get a clear view on the supernovas. So you go knocking on doors, uh, you call up 1620, the zone and say, Hey, can we talk about volleyball? Or you call up Andy Kendi at channel seven and say, can we talk about some volleyball? Um, is that the kind of stuff you, you, you work on too? Yes.
1: Yep. Um, exactly that. And just, and that includes not only Omaha, but just all around the state. So Carney, Grand Island, Scott's yep, Cardi, Bluff. You know, Colin Carney Hub, chat with them, you know, Scotts Bluff are out there, North Platte as well, um, Lincoln and uh, even all the way yeah, Lexington as well. So just all over.
0: One of the things that you have to have, um, and it it's as little inside media, but earned media and and paid media. One of the things you have to have is some earned media. You have to get some people talking about your team and get your get people interested in feature stories and interested in who you are and what you do. How, what approach have you taken in that regard? how do you how do you do that?
1: Yeah. so generate has been really a big help um with that as well, um in terms of introducing me to people. and that's, Even reaching out to my own contacts, HerDAT. They have HerDAT Sports Radio with Ravi Lula and Andrew Rogers. They're a great team in Omaha. Uh, Reached out to them, built relationships with them. But just this role has really made me realize, like, how much of a network I've built or just have met people throughout the state and how far that's spread out. Um, Now there is someone, gosh, I just forgot he works for KHAS. His name is Ryan Valenta. I recently called KHAS, just calling him up. Hey, we got our mini camp. I'm interested to see if you'd be coming out here and want to do a story. Called him up and answering the phone was Ryan Valenza, having no idea that he was working for KHAS. And to give some context, Ryan Valenta is a graduate of the journalism school in Lincoln. He called a ton of broadcast for Big Ten Plus and KRNU um, and John, a former student of John. So just funny connections and connections I didn't exactly realize I had throughout the state. So that's been fun.
0: We talk about this all the time, don't we? And I know you listen. You're a very good student and you're a very hardworking guy. We talk about this all the time. You show up every day to go to work and you do good work and you make a good impression. And one day you never know exactly how, but one day those kinds of things are going to come back and be to your benefit. So I'm sure they recognize you as a guy who worked hard and he was around and he showed up at the broadcast and here he is, he's in the press room and Oh, now I, he, he needs a little something. So let me help him. Yep. Exactly. That's it.
1: It's that simple. huh? Yep. It really is. It's, they keep that. And Johnny, I mean, obviously you've been telling me this and just everyone, it's about who you know, not what you know. And just like every day that becomes more and more clear.
0: Well, you have to know something to make it work, right? Yes. It's who you know, but if you don't know much of the what, then it's not going to get you very far. So you got, you have to have the what and then Both. work your work, work your way into the who, uh, which is good. Jeff Ekstrom, the director of communications and media relations. I'll memorize this title. Um, and almost everything media for the Omaha supernovas who start their season on January 24th at home against the Atlanta vibe. In fact, it looks like by the schedule, and I know it wouldn't lie to me, you play three home matches right out of the gate, right? You're going to be home until the middle of February, it appears. Yeah. That's uh from a travel perspective,
1: that's pretty nice. I and mean, yeah. we even have 10 days in between our first and second matches too. So, cause I think, for some reason our schedule is a little weird, but we play like before anyone else by like a good number of days. I want to say like by four or five or something like that.
0: Um, So we start early, but you know, three home straight home games, I'll take it. I don't want to be flippant about this, but this will be your first time ever in Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it will. Right. So, so congratulations on that. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've actually been there and uh, it gets cold in the winter. So good luck on that one. You know, it Might get cold here as well, yeah. We'll see.
1: And but I'll definitely enjoy those trips to San Diego in Vegas.
0: And, and do you get how many times do you get to go there? Mm, it's at least two,
1: um, I know for sure because that guarantees us at least two games. Um, let's see, San Diego, yeah. So San Diego,
0: yeah, a couple times. Looks and like you, at least two. Times. You've been to San Diego. I have not. I've been to Vegas, but not San Diego. You, you might find San Diego to be one of the most lovely places you've ever been. Um, the yeah. weather is almost perfect. In fact, it may be the most perfect weather in America. Um, they have a little ocean next door, which is really nice and convenient for them. And, you know, as a friend of mine said, and Mexico is not far away and whatever you want to do, you can do in Mexico. So there you go. Be careful in San Diego, but have a good time. I mean, this is a sort of um self-important question possibly I don't want it to be misunderstood but what is it at the College of Journalism that we did for you to help you prepare for what you're doing right now
1: yeah I mean um just having the class offered so um I go back to um
0: gosh Professor Brian uh Petrata, yeah. New no. started with him. He Petrata. was brand new, I think, in your might have been brand new in your last year. I'm not sure.
1: Yes, I believe it was his first year. Um, but yeah, I took his class on media relations, and it really gave me a good look um, at getting kind of what a media relations person does. Because at that point, I'd covered. Um, some sports like Nebraska wrestling and other things but didn't really have the experience of being a journalist and interacting with SID personnel before I went out and got with inside Nebraska but that class really gave me a helping hand of creating my game notes and the responsibilities of a media relations person and so that class was a great insight.
0: Would the message here be that um whatever you do in college, whether it's ours or anywhere else, whatever you do, is to kind of soak everything in because when you're a couple of years out of college like you are, you never know exactly where that that road's going to take you. So try everything, do everything, soak it all in. Don't sleep in the back of the room, that kind of stuff.
1: Yep, exactly. Listen, like I said at the beginning, I was dead set on being a play-by-play broadcaster, but as time went on, I'm got, I was open to many more things and other things caught my interest. So don't be dead. You can be dead set, but just keep your mind open. Don't keep it shut.
0: What is it though about the, about being a broadcaster, about preparing for that, about learning that, that you might be able to use in this business, this job?
1: Yeah. So uh, preparation, I think that's just been, obviously that's, the biggest thing, <laughs> even though you may not, John, as you say, you're lucky if you use 10% of what you prepare for, um, in broadcasting. Um, and so just like having that preparation and having that mindset, um, has helped me in this role already in just being adaptable on the fly too. Um, I think that's just a big thing in everything about being a broadcaster. You have to roll with the punches no matter what happens.
0: Um, and so I think that certainly applies here. <laughs> And sometimes, and I I won't say this on the record, Jeff, it is being recorded, of course, but um, sometimes you just kind of have to roll with it, and sometimes you just kind of have to figure out what the rules of the game are as you go, right? And uh, and be adaptable, and kind of learn, and don't be afraid to admit to people that you don't know, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That that you you don't know this, so help me. Can you can you help me, Nate Poland? Can you help me figure out how to do this? And if you've built good relationships with honest, hard work and genuineness, then they're happy to help, right? Don't be afraid to ask
1: for help or advice because just that's where things fall apart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So yeah, you need to ask for advice because that's just gonna help in the long run. So and that's gonna help you just be better at your job.
0: Yeah. You're not so, the lone ranger. You, you do no. need, you do need some help. Jeff, how do you, how do you, and maybe they're not even here yet, only a couple of players, but how do you see yourself building those relationships with the players and, and how to help represent them and do what's best for them and the club? Yeah. Just like really getting to know
1: kind of their backgrounds. Um, and just kind of trying to see what I can do to help them be more comfortable because obviously these these women are coming from all over the world Um, so they're coming to a place that they don't know that's foreign to them Um, that place that they're not entirely comfortable so it's about making things easy in terms of making their lives easier while still turning around and making them just popular figures in Nebraska and all around the country Um, but no it's about just constant communication with them and just making them feel more comfortable and just building relationships from there.
0: And I suspect not all of them uh, will be spending all year round in Omaha. They'll come in, they'll play the season and uh, play a lot of games in a short amount of time. So that that's one thing you have to be concerned with, uh, to deal with is yep. that you get them for a little while, let's make the best of it. Yeah. And I mean, trades can happen at any time.
1: So this is in college where obviously the transfer portal has made things weird, but um, you know, you don't get a guaranteed set set amount of years with them. They can be traded, they can be cut, they can, anything can happen. So it's just about being professional and, you know, just sticking and having a good relationship with anybody, but you know,
0: it's still the major leagues. So it's still serious stuff. One of the things that the, that the professional public relations people know well, and this isn't meant to be a dark question, but those two words, crisis communications. You never know when you're going to get a call, Jeff, in the middle of the night. So, how much training have you had in uh, in crisis communications? Hopefully, you don't need it, but you have to know it.
1: Yeah, um, that'll be something. Uh, obviously, Jen Ray is going to help me with because I've had to deal with some things, but that was more of a from a media covering the team perspective. So, like, if for I'll use an example, last season. Um, An hour before Nebraska hosted Wisconsin and the last weekend of the season, they announced that Kenzie Knuckles had a season-ending injury. So that was in scramble mode and just like big news dropping. But I've never had it from a crisis in terms of handling it from the start of it. So that'll be a new experience, but I have a
0: little bit of it in terms of the other side of it. In in this role, are you like a spokesman for the team or or not? I mean, can you speak – for the team as an official spokesperson, spokesman? Um, um I
1: believe I can. Um, we haven't gotten to that point yet because uh, I defer to Diane, our president. Um, but, you know, you know, we'll see how things go.
0: Uh, but, you know, that's where being adaptable is. What has been so far the most um, challenging thing about this new job? Just handling all the
1: responsibilities because just... This isn't like an established franchise, obviously. So I'm just like in a bunch of different roles trying to build this from scratch. So it's just handling everything and just trying to be as efficient as possible while still continuing to expand and build because this is something we are
0: confident will take off. And so
1: we want to build that foundation as big as we can.
0: What has been the most fun thing about the start of this job? Um,
1: I would say again, building something from scratch and trying to form something that's never been done before. This is the first major league volleyball team in the history of Nebraska. And we take pride in that. And we want to make that um, a big thing that will stay here for decades and decades to come. So just keeping that in mind and building something that we know um, will be here for years to come.
0: What is something that has maybe surprised you about this new I mean it's a new job it's a new role it's a new profession you're getting into what might have been something that said wow I, I do not know that and I think I'll go back to
1: just like having the network I do in Nebraska and just being like oh I know that person in this city I know this person in that city I know them there it's just like it's it seems my world has gotten smaller somehow even though I'm moving up um, by just knowing a bunch of people and funny enough John I've emailed um, some of our news releases to volleyball SIDs around the country for their college volleyball programs to promote. And two of the SIDs have been UNL graduates, Grace Harmon um, and uh, Brett Beecham, I believe, is um, as well. Uh, Grace is at St. Louis University and Brett is at James Madison. So just like,
0: wow, (laughs) my world is just small, you know? And um, and maybe it's going to get smaller. Uh, maybe it's yep. going to get smaller. One of the things we haven't talked about, Jeff, is you, you mentioned the the draft, and there are no Nebraska players in the draft that just had. I guess it was about a week ago, December eleven. Is that some? Is that, is that right? Yep, the draft was on December eleven. And yep. uh, who did uh, who did the supernovas grab out of the college draft? And would you expect them to be here in the coming days or weeks? Yeah, so uh,
1: we drafted. Um, with the number seven overall pick Amber Ajidi from Hawaii a middle blocker. Um, then we later traded for um, the number, the original, originally picked at number five, Paige Briggs. She's an outside hitter from Western Kentucky. She was originally picked by the Orlando Valkyries at number five overall, but she was later traded to us later in the day. Um, then at number 24 overall, Sophie, no, excuse me, Number 22 overall, Maggie Cartwright for Arkansas was an opposite. Um, Then drafted at number 24 overall was Sophie Davis, a middle blocker from James Madison. And then with the very last pick at number 35 overall, uh, Kayla Swanson from Auburn. She is actually from Wahoo. Um, And so she won a couple of uh, state championships for the Warriors um, in 2017 and 2018, but I would expect them all to sign um, uh, over the next few days.
0: So I think Maggie Cartwright was in town last week uh, with the Arkansas Razorbacks, right?
1: Yes, she was in a uh, three-one Nebraska win in that Elite Eight match. Uh, but yeah, impressive. Um, Omaha actually originally drafted Jill Gillian, um, her teammate, uh, the five-seven outside hitter, who was sensation for the Razorbacks. But she was traded in that package for Paige
0: Briggs. Man. Might as well get you, might as well learn the business right away. You get drafted right. and then you're someplace else. That's the way the major leagues work. That's the way it exactly. is, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, that.
1: And it was only one of two trades. The other trade was made. Um, San Diego traded away the number two overall pick for a couple of players to Atlanta.
0: So, I mean, these are all I'm looking down the same list that you're probably, these are all college. Athletes that you drafted, right? That's yes, it's a US. college draft. Yes, US college draft. And but there's a free agency element. There's a go out in the world and find some other players that that really yep. makes your roster, right? Yep. If teams can go after
1: anybody um in the world. Um except for obviously the college draftees. They get their rights for two years. Um, but then after that, they're free game.
0: College women's basketball players cannot leave until after their fourth year. Is that the same with college volleyball players? I believe so, yes. I never thought about that. Yeah, Yeah, because juniors aren't
1: eligible. So I believe it's four years. Is that a good thing? I think
0: so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. One final little area that I want to talk about, and that is um, you've talked about Omaha and being a major league city, and this is major league sports, Jeff, when you, when you talk to somebody who may not be familiar with the history of volleyball in Nebraska, of uh, what Omaha is, what do you say? They say, tell me about Omaha. Tell me about the market. Uh, what would you tell somebody elsewhere out in the world about this market and this city and, and who, who you are?
1: Well, I'll tell them that Omaha has, is supportive of all sports in the country. Uh, they've hosted Final Fours. They're the epicenter of volleyball, um, which is unique to the world because no one else, no city else in the world, supports volleyball like Omaha. Um, and I think that's been proven over and over and over again. And that extends to the state of Nebraska. Um, and Omaha is just a unique city in general. Um, I've recently learned the other day that they are one of the top uh food cities in the world too in the so world yeah um just how you, like I, the how do you get to be a big food city in the world how does who, who the, the track different this? the different kind of restaurants and the number of restaurants around the world or around the city and there's just so many here in Omaha so it's just a unique city a unique market that supports volleyball like no one none other
0: I suspect that that most people would be surprised as our friends um you know, I lived in California for many, many years. Our friends come through and say, wow, Omaha is a lot bigger than I thought it was. There's a lot more people here than <laughs> I thought. Is, is that the way you see it? Yeah. Let's say I've recently moved. Yeah,
1: I moved from Lincoln to Omaha and it's, yeah, it's pretty big. I enjoy Omaha. It's a nice mix. It's not like It's not overwhelming, but it's big enough that you have amenities that smaller cities don't.
0: It's big enough to get whatever you need 24 hours a day and yep. is it still small enough to get around when you need to, right? Yep, exactly. what what is the um where did the name supernovas come from? what 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 what's that all about? Now
1: let me now because I have to reach back because I was not behind the brand. but in Nebraska, the stars shine bright from east to west, and north to south. Our star-studded skies light up the nights, but it's just an explosion. It's a movement of volleyball and the supernovas are part of that and representing yeah. that.
0: And it w- was a some places have a like a fan contest, um, but this was not. This was decided by the owners uh, and the managers, the people who run the organization. Yes. And each name um is that as well, It's made up by the local ownership. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, the names of the other teams, uh, the Atlanta Vibe, who you see on the 24th of January. Um, And again, I didn't write down who you play on February 3rd or February 7th, but the names of the other teams are the Orlando Valkyries, explain that one to me, Columbus Fury, the Vegas Thrill. Is it the Las Vegas Thrill or the Vegas Thrill? The Vegas Thrill. Okay. Because... Nobody knows that Vegas is Las Vegas. I mean, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. It's the Vegas yeah. thrill. But it's, it's actually the, Las the same Vegas Raiders.
1: It's, it's the same <laughs> company that runs the Vegas Knights. Oh, it is. Well,
0: there the you Vegas go. Ones. So yep. they're going to play in the same
1: arena. No, they're going to play in the same arena as where the Henderson Silver Knights play.
0: Oh, okay. And who are the Henderson Silver Knights? They are the AHL team of. Oh, okay. The Golden knights. Okay, yep. there you go. And uh, so that's in Henderson, Nevada, which is south. Yes. Right. Okay. Yep. And the Grand Rapids rise and the San Diego mojo. Yes. Do we know yet who the Dallas uh, Indianapolis and Kansas city teams are going to be called or what they're going to be called yet to be named yet to be named. Okay. So that will be, so that will be 10 teams. H- how is it? Is it all in one division? It's all, everybody plays each other the uh, an even number of times. Is that how the schedule works? Yep. And you're going to try to balance it out as much as possible. in this, the top, four teams will go into
1: a championship weekend kind of final four format um, weekend and to decide the champion. And that will be in mid may. And where will that be? Uh, Yet to be determined
0: might be Omaha. It might be, you never know. I mean, they do um, Olympic swim trials. They do yeah. regional basketball tournaments. They do everything. This is a world-class arena you've got there. Yep. Exactly. As well, in fact, I'm going to start lobbying for this right now. You're going to host the first big championship weekend. How about that? There we go. Okay. And I have absolutely no pull in this world. <laughs> yeah. I have absolutely no say. In fact, almost uh, 100% of what I know about um, the Pro Volleyball v- Federation and the Omaha Supernovas I have learned in the last hour. And I, I appreciate your time. You I go. really do. Anything else about this adventure that I haven't asked you about that you might want to share with us? Well,
1: hey, go get your tickets now, SuperNose.com. They're out there because they, John, I mean, I've watched them practice in the level of play is insane. Like just the quality of play and just the skill that all these women have. It's amazing. And it's something that everyone should come out and watch because it is very, very fun and enjoyable to take in Um, because these are world-class athletes going at it. And it's just, it's so much fun to watch. It's so fun
0: and it really is a white hot sport it really yep. is a sport that is attracting uh, world class athletes but the game itself has never been more attractive and of greater interest to the audience right no. i mean i i'm no. selling tickets for you but i don't mean yep. to in that respect <laughs> and i say that honestly as a journalist it is it is the time and not just volleyball but women's basketball softball it is a time for people to pay attention and you're going to look back in 2021 22 23 24 and say this was when the women's athletics revolution um really picked up steam i, I believe yep. that
1: yeah i do women's well, sports are on the rise and they're here to stay
0: jeff thank you so much for your time um you you are no longer that um a fresh-faced kid out of Kearney who showed up and who I met when you were still in high school and I'm proud of all the things you're doing and proud of what you've done so far and, and keep up the good work. Thanks so much, John. I wouldn't be here without you. Ah, uh, That's nice of you to say. I suspect <laughs> not, but that's nice of you to say. Uh, Jeff Ekstrom is the Director of Communications and Media Relations for the Omaha Supernovas who open up their very first Pro Volleyball Federation season on the 24th of January in the Omaha CHI Health Center. That's an arena. That's not a medical center. That's an arena, the CHI Health Center. So go get them, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate the time. I'm John Schrader, and this is Watch the Media.